This episode is brought to you with support from BetterHelp. Sometimes life seems to move along smoothly, with few or no bumps in the road. But other times, the challenges of life can leave you feeling confused or overwhelmed, lost and unsure. You try to figure things out on your own, but you're not getting back on track, and you could use some outside help from an experienced and knowledgeable professional. Working with a therapist can help in all sorts of ways, from learning positive coping skills, overcoming patterns of self-judgment, navigating healthy relationships, to figuring out how to just feel like the best version of yourself. Therapy can help with things like anxiety, depression, overcoming destructive habits, and building self-esteem, to name a few. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash nocturne today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash nocturne. Hub and Spoke. Audio Collective. Listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. In April of 2022, I released an episode of Nocturne called What Would You Do with Hannah Drake that explores the shocking yet overlooked reality of how many women and non male identified people feel scared of being out at night alone. In that episode, based on writing from Hannah Drake, I asked women the question, what would you do at night if you weren't afraid? She and I talked about our own answers to that question and those of the women we spoke with, as well as what we felt underlied those fears and what could be done about it. I said then that that was the first in a series about women and the night. This is the next episode on that topic. When I was little, I was taught that the night, and especially the night outside my home, was a really dangerous place, and especially for girls. All the times that when I was playing with my friends in my neighborhood, I was taught that I had to be inside my house at six o'clock, because here it's almost always night at six, so that was my last moment to be outside. My name is Cristina Gil. I'm an architect currently in Bogota, in Colombia, and I'm working in the Innovation Laboratory in the City Council of Bogota. Here in Colombia, in Bogota, the difference between women and men is a really big issue. If you are a girl or a woman, when bad things happen to girls or women in public spaces, most of the people is going to blame you because you shouldn't be outside. Everybody asks them, like, why were you outside? And everybody focus on why you didn't, like, behave in a certain way and not in the fact that uh, she was vulnerable at night. 
Christina has the same trepidation that many, if not most women have, about being out at night alone. But she loves to travel, and she wanted to experience cities at night. Especially when I'm traveling abroad, at the beginning, I was feeling really scared. Like, first, uh, I was always going out during the daytime. And after, like, one or two days of going around the same places, I go outside at night. I always do, like, a previous scan of the place during the daytime in order, like, to feel comfortable during nighttime. I always look for like landmarks or kind of restaurants or some building places that had security. So I always have like these security points, even though I don't know like the people inside those places. I can have like some kind of references where to go in case I feel like kind of scared or in danger. I have been living alone for almost 10 years. So I also do that every time I move from one place to another. So I try to go during the daytime and then during the nighttime. And I try to remember which places could I go in case I don't feel safe during nighttime. Christina has found that over time, her fear of being out after dark has decreased. I think that at the beginning, when I go outside, I feel like a little scared. But each time it takes a smaller time to remember that it's a good place to be, you know? She's also acutely aware that culture plays a big role in how safe she feels. In Colombia, I still feel really like a dangerous place for a girl. Even though I do it and I go outside and I explore the different spaces, I still feel a little bit scared. And I have these comments of other people, men and women, about how I'm risking myself just because I'm going out and why should I walk outside during the nighttime? And they don't want to go out with me, for example, when I invite them to just go around and have a walk or a jogging. During her studies, Cristina lived and traveled away from Colombia for the first time. Early on, she found herself in Buenos Aires, a city with a vibrant nighttime culture, where there appeared to be more freedom for women at night. At that moment, uh, I was like the first time that I was living alone and in a different city to the one I born. In that moment, I discovered that girls were not taught in this way and they felt free to go outside and just get fun, fun. And nobody was blaming them in the same way that girls like me in my country were. So in that moment, I felt like a, a more freedom to be outside. It was a gradual process for Christina of shedding the fear that she'd been programmed to have. So each time, like each week or each two weeks, I was trying to go outside for a really longer time and it was approaching summer. So that also allowed me like to be outside later, but with more light. And this was like a progressive way to approach night without feeling so scared. 
While certainly there are still gender differences in safety at night in most cities, including Buenos Aires, to Cristina, the freedom she experienced there at night was revelatory. And it got her thinking about how to create more opportunity for women to inhabit nocturnal cities. Back in Colombia, her first job out of school was for the Ministry of Culture, working to protect heritage city centers. There's a growing field of lighting design that focuses on lighting the facades of historic buildings and landmarks in order to both adorn and rekindle appreciation of those structures. I was working in a heritage studio and I read an article about some buildings that were stopped from being demolished because some artists did some lighting design intervention and they lit up these buildings in different moments of the night and during different days of the week in an artistical way. The lighting installation was so effective that it drew the attention of some local startups who chose to place their offices there, essentially saving the buildings. So I was really amazed about how powerful the light was. And I was impressed by the way these buildings could be just stopped from being demolished because of these lighting interventions. And even in an artistic way, it was a really powerful tool to save these buildings. Something clicked for Christina when she came across that case study in the transformative power of lighting. And she began to notice ways that some cities intentionally use light to encourage people to inhabit spaces at night. The first intervention I saw was in Santa Eulalia. This is in Barcelona. And they changed the city completely during a couple of weeks in nighttime. And you can see like the same city center, but each year you can transform these places just through light. I think that that was a, a really nice opportunity. And with this festivals going outside in the urban environments, I felt like more connected to these places at night. Because even though that is kind of a common thing in Europe, it's not so common here in South America, like to do those kind of interventions at night. So. That was another way to see the night and to embrace this feeling and be able like, to enjoy these moments uh, in a free way. Cities, of course, use light in all sorts of ways, some skillful and some not. Cities put like an extra effort in lighting their landmarks and they try to highlight this special details in some facades or some buildings. And also in restaurants or coffee shops, they try to put this really warm light that is welcoming to all the people who wants to go inside. So I think that that makes you have more warm feelings. We have like a different sense of the space. So I see in light this really powerful tool to transform urban environments at night. As Christina spent more time outside of South America, learning and thinking about both the cultural and design differences in urban environments, she started thinking about how lighting could be part of the solution to making cities safer and more inviting, specifically for women at night. An idea began to take form for a project, an initiative really, called the Nighttime Traveler, 
The mission of the Nighttime Traveler Project would be to explore urban night design from a woman's perspective. The first step was defining what a nighttime traveler is. I think that it's any person who really enjoys to go outside during nighttime and learn about cities at night. I think that we are really used to travel during the daytime and during nighttime we try to choose just activities to be inside in restaurants, bars or clubs. And I think that a nighttime traveler is someone who loves to go outside during nighttime and discover the urban cities at night. This idea of someone who loves to be outside in cities at night is key for Christina. There are a growing number of 24-hour cities around the world, with a focus on bars and nightclubs that stay open throughout the night. I think that during this moment, uh, these 24-hour sittings are mostly seen from an economic way. And I think that it should be expanding like, to quality of life in 24-hour cities for all the people, for all the citizens, and not just for the people that can afford to go to these indoor places at night. For Christina, it's the cities themselves that she wants other women to be able to explore, not just the indoor spaces. She used her training as an architect and realized that she needed to gain a more thorough understanding of how women experience cities at night. So she developed a survey that asked things like, have you ever stopped going to a place or city or doing an activity out at night because of fear? What obstacles do you find when exploring a city at night? And what motivates you to travel? She worked with an organization called Women in Lighting Design to get the survey out to a large group of women. I have been reading some of the answers and it's really nice because I continually receive new answers. So it's really uh, interesting. Like we have a common point of view about fear during the nighttime, but we also have this idea of, yes, we have been overcoming this fear as women. And especially the more we travel around, the more we feel like a freedom to explore the nighttime. Following up on the results of the survey, the second part of the Nighttime Traveler Project involves research about ways to improve the nighttime experience in urban areas that could be implemented and shared. And from lighting design, if we could approach that feeling and give some tools and some guidelines in design to improve the perception of night, especially for women. Christina discovered some interesting themes. For example, she noticed that when people walk through cities with lighting that emanates from above, the shadows that are created on faces can distort the way we perceive other people. She likens the effects of overhead lights in cities to that of theater lighting over actors' heads. And this kind of presents our faces in a really distorted way, and it communicates some angry emotions or really bad things. The same happen when you perceive another people in the urban environment. But on the other hand, when light comes from the side, uh, for example, from shop windows or windows lit uh, in restaurants or cafes, you have these small uh, shadows. You can perceive in a better way faces. Recognition is easier to do, and that allows the perception of the people around us be better. And I think that that also influenced the way we move around the city 
and we perceive other people at nighttime. How we perceive other people at night is a big issue for women in particular. It informs how we exist in and traverse spaces. Christina looked specifically at how light might affect the physical path that women take at night in cities. I had this assignment during my master degree classes when we were told to draw our paths during daytime and nighttime for two or three weeks in a row. And I realized that during nighttime, I used to take sometimes longer paths because I felt safer in those places because we're uh, more lit or there were more people in those places or there were like some restaurants or bars open later. So in that way, I, I was thinking maybe this is just me. And because I have this in my mind that I shouldn't be outside so late and in dark places. But then I start uh, asking some friends uh, if they change these paths too. And mostly women say me, yes, I do it because I feel more secure going to this path because during nighttime, this is open later or there are some bus stations that are better lit or some kind of arguments like that. But with men, that don't happen so frequently. So yes, I realized that during nighttime, we have these kind of things in mind when we should change our paths according like the urban environment. Christina also noticed something about how women tend to inhabit darkness that hadn't really occurred to me. It's not just the paths we take, but how visible we allow ourselves to be. When women are outside during the nighttime, they try, uh, we try to hide ourselves and try to be in those places where you cannot be noticed, but you are allowed to notice other people. So I was trying like to do this exercise with other women. Like if you are in an urban environment, do you prefer to be in shadow or in a place where their life has a really bright spot. And most of women told me, like, we prefer to be in the shadow places, but be able to see other people around us. So in that way, I think that is is a common thing that we try to move around the city without being seen. But we try, like, to be able to see other people around us, to be aware who is moving around and how close can we be to other people and detect these kind of dangerous places in the urban environment. In the city center in Bogota, for example, there are places when the light is really strong and in other streets, the light is not so bright is kind of medium bright and women prefer to go to those places to move through those streets and yes from that i thought that women uh, we try to be as invisible as possible in order like to avoid to be seen and to be kind of attacked during the night time i think that i wasn't aware of that situation until I talked with other women, because at the beginning I thought that was just me, 
And then I realized that other women do that kind of things. And sometimes we are not so aware about these things that we do at night and how we change. For me personally, I didn't really notice that I did things like altering my path and choosing to be less visible when I'm out alone at night. But they become obvious once they're pointed out. Christina first started changing some of these behaviors in herself by accident. The first time I did it, it was by mistake because I took the wrong bus in the wrong direction. So at the time I should arrive, that was around 7 p.m., I arrived to the opposite direction. So at that time I had to go around, just find my way to home again. It was nighttime and at first I was petrified about being alone at night. So then I realized when I was walking and I just kind of calmed myself and tried to breathe, that was a really nice way to discover the city. And I didn't have to be afraid of that place. So from that, I tried to go outside more and for longer walks. So in that moment, I realized it was possible to be out during nighttime and also enjoy the city in this moment of the day. Once Christina had that taste of discovering cities late at night, she wanted more. That's when she really started to understand how inaccessible the night felt to women in general. I really enjoyed to travel alone and also I tried to do it with friends. So when I used to travel alone, I forced myself in some way to go outside at night and just discover the city, just walking in different places without a set direction. And when I tried to do that with some friends, especially with women, they were kind of afraid of doing that during the nighttime. So I realized that it's not something that people used to do so commonly, especially outdoors. So at that time I realized that it's a different perspective, the one that you get when you discover a city at night. Christina believes that experiencing cities at night enables one to discover things you otherwise wouldn't. As a citizen, you can discover another city because during the nighttime, you have to do an extra effort in order to see properly your surroundings. So I believe that that makes you be more aware of the places you are visiting and you can have a different perspective of the city at night because in this moment not everything can be seen or you just have to try to do more effort in order to see these things. Also, I think that you always have this mystery feeling during the nighttime because the light plays a, a really powerful tool in that feeling. This experience that Christina talks about, of having to be more aware in cities at night, of seeing things differently, goes hand in hand with a shift in pace. I believe that during the nighttime, people have more time to really enjoy and appreciate the city. Commonly, people are in a rush during the daytime, but during the nighttime, like people have the opportunity to take it slow, to walk in a calmer way. It doesn't mind so much if you miss the train or you miss the bus. 
you just have the time to wait for the other one or walk to the other station or in sometimes you just have the time to walk home. So I think that that is a really great moment to enjoy the city because in that moment you really have the time to take it slow and see around. Christina is not necessarily expecting most women to leap headlong into exploring cities in the dead of night. But much as she found herself gradually easing into exploring at that time, she thinks there's an opening for others to at least experience a piece of what she loves. I really enjoy walking at night and just get lost in cities uh, to know it better. I realize people in some late hours kind of feel like afraid, especially women. But there is a gap in these two or three hours at the beginning of the nighttime when people feel really calm and really enjoy like the city centers and the urban environments at night. These few hours of beginning darkness, you could think of them almost like training wheels for being out at night. And Christina thinks urban planning and specifically lighting design could be an important part of this using the same types of interventions that are used for lighting landmarks. I believe that the lighting design field has a really great chance and opportunity to improve people's quality of life in the urban cities and during these hours. Christina continues to travel to cities around the world, thinking and writing about her experiences under the mantle of the nighttime traveler, The website features a blog where she writes about her nighttime urban wanderings, both from a design perspective and from the particular experience of being a woman. The survey is there too, and she's still compiling data from women's responses. She's also working with the city of Bogota to create what she calls a toolkit to design public spaces from a user's perspective with input from citizens. Her hope is that by intentionally including a focus on the night, her efforts will help improve the experience for women of traversing and exploring the city after dark. And while including lighting design is certainly an important factor, Christina acknowledges that larger cultural shifts also need to occur to make the night welcoming and accessible to all. This includes festivals and events that occur at night, as well as creating other spaces that feel welcoming and safe. I think that 70% is cultural. So I think that if we have some kind of events or activities in order like to connect that feeling of enjoying the nighttime in cities for the people in cities and so tourists, and we encourage people to go out, this kind of cultural thing about avoiding the night is going to be overcome. So I think that, yes, it's a mix between activities and lighting design in order to encourage people to go out. But the most effort has to be focused on the cultural part. Christina's hope is that the cultural and design pieces will build on each other, bit by bit, to create environments where it feels normal for everyone, including men, families, and solo women, to comfortably inhabit cities at night. I think that my ultimate goal is encourage other women to go outside and enjoy cities at night. I think that we have been restricted as citizens to just dwell the public spaces during the daytime. 
And I think that we are missing so much about the cities and the potential of going out, not just for a cultural event, but also for education. I have seen so many cases of women that don't dare to study because they are really scared about going out after 11 p.m. or something like that from classes. So I have the feeling that if we improve this quality of urban nighttime for women, we are going to improve also our quality of life. Nighttime festivals and events, places like botanical gardens and zoos being open at night, and lighting and transportation that make the night more accessible are hopeful developments. But there's still a long way to go for what I'm thinking of as nocturnal equity. I think that is going to take time, <laughs> a lot of time, more time that I would like to do. But I have the feeling that yes, and you can see that at the beginning, women weren't allowed to go outside even during the daytime and women in the past needed like a man in order to enjoy the cities or the places outside. And with a lot of time, this has been improving for most of women, uh, fortunately not for all. But I think that with all these kind of festivals and this intention of have 24 hour cities, I think that is something that is going to happen. I hope she's right, because it can't happen soon enough. It may take a long time, but I'm grateful for projects like The Nighttime Traveler and people like Hannah Drake for raising awareness about this issue, so that someday, maybe, it will feel normal for a solo woman to delight in getting lost in a city at night. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music, as well as a lot of the other music in this episode. Other music was by Jeffrey Foster. For more information about The Nighttime Traveler and Christina Heal's work, go to nocturnepodcast.org and see the show notes for this episode. While you're at our website, check out all the beautiful episode art by Magdalena Matrika. You can also find information there about becoming a regular supporter of the show. About 2% of people who regularly listen to Nocturne actually help us out financially, and we are so grateful. If you don't already help out, it's really easy and any amount helps. Just go to nocturnepodcast.org support. Thank you. Nocturne is a proud member of Hub & Spoke Audio Collective, a group of smart, well-crafted, independent podcasts. Check out all the other shows in Hub & Spoke at hubspokeaudio.org. Till next time. Be well, and thanks for listening.